you are now entering the culture cave. I want to welcome you to Mindful Mondays. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation between me and my guests. This week we're talking about the prison pipeline that exists here in the American culture. And today, my guest, my honorable guest today is my guy, Tim Clark. What's going on, Tim? How you feeling? What's going on, kings and queens? Love, peace, and blessings to you all. Hope you uh, walk away with some good knowledge and observe. Uh, sorry, soak in some information from this podcast today. For sure, for sure, bro. Appreciate you coming by. Appreciate you being part of this conversation. And um, this is important, you know, the prison pipeline in America, people feel like, I don't know if this is still considered a myth or people know and understand that this is a real thing and that it exists. And I want to talk about that. So with, with the prison pipeline, what do you feel are the major, the major structures that help form this prison pipeline that exists today? I would definitely say uh, it starts within our judicial court system. Mm -hmm. uh, just having that higher power, higher um, power authority. As far as you know, that's where everything is said and done, and that's where all the decisions is usually made within that court system. All right. Um, I would definitely also say our uh, our entertainment, our entertainment. Uh, Social media outlet is a, a big structure of that pipeline as well because that's that's where most of our examples are led from. I feel like within our community, mm, okay, so a lot of people follow you know those rappers, those actresses, those actors, things of that nature. Um, I like the entertainment. I like that one. Yeah, the entertainment community definitely have a I feel like have a a headlock on our uh, our culture. Okay. I feel like I agree with those two for sure. The judicial system plays a major role. That's because they're the ones that implement a lot of the laws that are in place that, you know, are responding to particular behaviors of society, I guess I'll say. You know, it's like <laughs> I heard earlier from uh from a speech I was I was watching and the gentleman said, the doctor said that when you exist in a, in a power structure or a society that the people who determine what is normal and abnormal are the people who are in power and the culture structure that controls the power. So right. he said that, or for an example was how in Boston or pretty much around the United States, they used to have these grounds like called common grounds. And on the common ground, everybody had the right to uh to to use that 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 land for what they needed you know so if you needed wood you could chop down wood in that area if you needed to herd your cattle you could use that that area for doing that because it's a public space it's a mm -hmm. space for all the people it's similar to i guess how we have public parks today but even in public parks there's a lot of things you're not allowed to do it's not really like public spaces or those for like um communion it's not really for uh, as far as for communion, as far as for specific activities, I feel like the park is for. But this was for activities that involved um, income, bringing income to the household. So people did things that uh, they used the land to do certain things. Like like I said, herd their cattle, uh, receive um, um, materials like wood or whatever they needed from the land. And that's how they, a lot of them did their, their trade and that's how a lot of them survived. So what he said was the price of wool started to go up drastically. So mm -hmm. wool increased in value drastically and that led to them, um, led, led to the elite, you know, of course approaching the government or parliament at the time and, and proposing to them that they should be allowed to make this land private for whatever, whatever reasons, you know, as they always do when the people with wealth go and lobby from the government, they always have their reasons why you know, they should be able to, you know, get a certain law passed or whatever they're looking to achieve should be done. So pretty much they sold parliament on it. And what happened was all those people that used to do that kind of stuff, 
that became now illegal because that was now private land. So now overnight, you're changed from being a, a law-abiding citizen to now being a criminal. And then he said, as, as things evolve around that, now that's looked at as an illegal action. So now anybody who does anything like that is going to be looked at as a criminal. Now you're being stigmatized if you do any kind of action. So it just creates an atmosphere around it. So And it's all created by the people who have power. They have the power mm -hmm. to change that in, in, in an instant. So I think that's a major thing in what you're tapping in with, with the judicial factor and how that plays a role. Is that, you know, you could change laws, like how they about to legalize cannabis, you know? That's a perfect example as well. All those people that are locked up and jailed for cannabis, at one point cannabis was legal, then it became illegal, now it's going to be legal again. Who's coming up with this? Who's who? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, you know, there was a time where they made it so stigmatized that if you were seen smoking cannabis, parents, you know how many relationships and things that had an effect on that marijuana relationship had an effect on within especially within our our culture and our community between yeah, parents and children friends um um the selling and the creating a competition leading to wars and and people within communities fighting with each other for corners and yeah, just all of them were just non-violent crimes you know Exactly. Some people were just using it to get by and survive, literally. Exactly. And then it has that trickle-down effect, though, you know, and it's like, all right, now, <clears throat> because now this commodity is a legal commodity and I could get high money for it, now I'm going to hustle it and try to, you know, do my thing, but now I'm hustling against the other dude that's hustling down the street, now we're in competition. It just creates this whole atmosphere of tension, you know, right. and that's why I see it creating that 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 level for you to now enter prison because now you're going to commit something that's non-violent. Now you're going to go to being violent, you know, mm -hmm. that could easily evolve into something like that. And um, it's just interesting how, how that judicial system plays, like you said, a key role in that. And then my, I was going to say my take on it is a major piece of the structure is the educational system mm -hmm. and how we're educated inside of a, a system that is structured to teach us, in a particular way about uh, a culture and history that is not really ours, being that we are of, um, I guess, African descent, you know, even though I honestly feel like the entire globe, we could really leave claim shit to the entire globe, but in the sense of what people are familiar with, African culture is not what's, is, what's what taught in America at all. It's an American culture or really Eurocentric um culture that's being taught to us here so when we get our history lessons when we're taught about who we are who we were um even when we're taught about economics we're taught this stuff in a certain way to keep us subservient and keep us in um in a laborer's role we're not really encouraged to be creators and builders or think outside the box right. kind of people you know it's like a consumer mindset they keep us in more than a producer Right, exactly, exactly. And it's like um, the only field I see that we're encouraged to be creators and producers in is in the music industry and entertainment industry, like you said, which is another area um, that they use to help influence that prison pipeline uh, system that they have in place to create, I guess, I almost feel like it's trying to create a replica of of a of a upgrade like they're trying to upgrade slavery in a way you know <laughs> right it's, it's like a different gonna, form and fashion yeah this is still slavery <laughs> but we're gonna throw some rims on it and you know make it look a little more presentable so people uh, are going to swallow it easier you know all right and i think that's a, a lot of what they do in the entertainment industry is that they allow you to be creative, be a producer, be a creator, tap into your eccentric side, your creator side, but then they lay ownership over all your creation, <laughs> you know? It's like, we're the label. Yeah, you created all this stuff under our label, but we own your creation because, you know, we gave you that deal you signed and exactly. we gave you uh, an advance. And yeah, we're willing to pay you millions. You, it's a product, you know? Mm-hmm. And even athletes, you know, they're willing to pay millions 
upon millions of dollars for our creativity and our production. But as long as they retain creative, as long as they retain ownership over it, it's okay. Right. So I was thinking, like, how do you see, um, how do you see entertainment right now being able to, to kind of like reverse that back? Because I see that kind of push coming back right now, and a lot of people in entertainment are trying to be more activists and be more socially conscious and aware. And the main thing I see entertainers doing now that I like is they're starting to create a lot of their own stuff. So like. You know, yeah, their own schools. The only thing I fear is that, and I hope that it doesn't get involvement with, is that now they want to have um, some kind of acceptance from uh, the the outside or the white community, so they start altering their goals and stuff down the road. But initially, I think this is a good step that you know LeBron James creating schools. I heard Diddy just made a school out there in Harlem, New York. And I'm pretty sure a lot of other entertainers and athletes out here have uh, educational institutions that they fund or put up. It's just not spoken about that much. How you feel about well, where entertainers are going with that right now? How can we flip that? Well, I feel like as long as they're doing things of that nature, you know, we would definitely uh, see some sort of reversal as long as um, schools and stuff is being uh, made. But things like where they're they're making like, you know, their own, um, like a 50 got his own liquor and P Diddy got his own liquor and stuff. Like, I feel like that's like, that's things that we don't need. I understand, mm-hmm. you know, where you capitalize off of those things, but that's not, I don't think that's nothing that's going to really help us in those communities. Um, Cause like I said, those are our biggest influences when it comes to our culture. Like, the, the whole entertainment industry or just sports even um a lot of people not looking at those those names behind the backgrounds or looking at them as influences mm-hmm. um as far as people like you know stacy uh abrams and right people of that nature people not looking at them as influences no They're not really listening to them but they will listen to you know like you said p diddy or whoever else that is Snoop or something like that you know yeah Snoop mm-hmm. but now we could just you know stay in that repetition of creating things that um evolve around our education system like you were saying such as schools and things of that nature I think we would definitely uh see some sort of reversal and it got to be enough people to do it because we're doing it but it's not enough you know Mm-hmm. And they got to be ones to do it because they have those platforms and those influences and things of that nature. And now that's the, that's the next question I was going to ask too. Is like, do you even feel that our current culture and judicial system that we exist here with, within here in America, do you think this culture and system is even this judicial system is equipped to reverse that prison pipeline that's been already been created? Um, that's one of the things I feel like we got our foot in the door, but not enough as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like it definitely, when it comes to our uh, judicial system, is a lot of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's the wrong position of power. Mm-hmm. Definitely the wrong position of power. Um, we got. Like I said, our foot in the door with it, but I don't think um, the right people is on those platforms and in those court systems pushing for the right things. Mm-hmm. Like they got different, like, it's like the laws they're trying to approve nowadays. Is it, it's not nothing that'll help our community in particular. Right, right. It may help the communities overall, but as far as our people, I feel like it needs to be looked inside a whole lot more mm-hmm. when it comes to, um, you know, being equipped to reverse that pipeline. You have things that are directly aimed to impact the black community, not exactly. all the minorities, not uh, black, black community and women and this or like, you know, I heard another interesting statement made the other day 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it was by my brother, my brother, 19 Keys. He said, um, he said that there not only has there not really been any kind of laws passed that were directly catered or focused on the black community community exclusively because everything that's focused on us always ends up incorporating another minority group somehow mm-hmm. is that if you dig even deeper that black women they get some kind of involvement with like you know women's rights and and women uh the women's movement the me too movement and then you look at for black men what what movement is there out there for us to co-op for us to even get an inkling of benefit or attention it's really only the lgbtq if you ask me yeah (laughs) that's why i think a lot of black men are being pulled into that that kind of atmosphere and movement you know because Mm -hmm. they're seeing that that's some place where they're able to get a little bit further and it's like the moment we do create those movements, they find some type of way to Destroy. deflect it into, like you said, they, they deflect it into another minority group. Like when we got the whole Black Lives Matter thing started, they came out with the All Lives Matter. Yeah. <laughs> they just found some way to deflect it some way, somehow into another minority group. So mm-hmm. I can definitely agree with that one when I think in terms of uh, just the whole Black Lives Matter movement being deflected. Mm-hmm. And something that is actually really particularly directed particularly at black men. How about that? Like black men in particular. Something to to help alleviate some of the the burdens that have been put on it by this system. Uh, mm-hmm. Something that's going to help counteract the things that have been put in place that create these natural barriers that, you know, people feel like, you know, well, I'm not doing anything to you. I'm not racist. I don't do anything. But they don't understand a lot of this stuff is already structurally embedded into how we operate and function. Yeah. yeah. So I think that making, like you said, in the judicial in the judicial way to create some law specifically catered to that, I think you either gotta have, like you said, people that get into those positions in law that stick with their with their constituency, which is us as the community, and really follow through on what they said they want to push for or get done. And um, people like uh, the community leaders continuing to speak on it, and us as a community not backing anybody who doesn't talk about these things, you know, or feel comfortable <clears throat> attacking these situations. And that's why I said enough of us just has to be heard because doing it alone just it don't work. You have to create and build those relationships as we go and try to strive for this reversal. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that feel like um, their voice or opinion doesn't matter. Some people are just scared to say anything because they got like, all these conspiracies about you know Illuminati killing you for saying too much mm-hmm. and, uh, um, in the media and things of that nature. So a lot of people just feel like they they just better off keeping quiet. It's the threat of power, you know, and I think <laughs> yeah, that's just the yeah. power structure that exists. <laughs> is that if you get to a certain level of resistance against this power structure, you're going to be met with resistance back and people mm-hmm. are scared of what's going to come back their way a lot of the times, you know? The more you push out, the more pushback you start to get and people just, I guess you get to a point where we got to stop being concerned about what the pushback is because if we continue to concern ourselves with that, there'll never be progress. You know, you'll forever remain in a subservient position because you're now ruled by fear, you know? Exactly. And that's why, like, my dude, uh, Bobby Hammond, he, everything he put out, and he's against the whole grain of, you know, all white supremacy. But mm-hmm. it's like everything he put out to the media, he he backs up his thesis with books and documents and things of that nature. So he knows, like, the day they come for him, like, people going to, people going to turn, turn to that stuff. That right. He, you know, he puts out, you just, you just can't be out here uh, trying to oppress without knowledge behind it. Mm-hmm. Like that's a lot of our people go wrong when they do try to speak up and you know push that out to the media outlets. They don't back up their thesis with that knowledge. No, no like there's like there's no information or no knowledge behind it, right? <laughs> that's why I like uh, watching speeches and talks by people who are 
are, are already doctors or, you know, already critical thinkers within our community and known to be such because it's a lot of their thoughts and, and, and theories that can help us get out of the situation that we're in and help explain it in a better way and help clarify it in your mind where you can see it and you can mm -hmm. see things in operation more clearly. Like once you're in, like, it's like Neo in the matrix. Like once he understood that he was the one and he's in the matrix, now you can see all the zeros and ones and you can see everything. Now it's so much clearer to you that, oh, okay, this is the matrix. Like, all right. I could tell the difference between reality and the matrix now <laughs> because now I've been educated and enlightened enough to understand that what we exist within is some is like sort of a matrix kind of a system so yeah, i think that's i love that movie yeah the matrix is a dope movie for that for that period just the conceptualism behind it but um so the prison pipeline how do you feel like i'm gonna go through each generation so the baby boomers how do you feel like that generation was really affected by the the prison pipeline so I guess that that'll be like from the 40, like the 50s to the 60s, 65, that generation. Like how, like around that time, I guess there was a lot of, um, I'll say, that was a lot of time of coming out of war, a lot of time of war for the country. We had just yeah. came war times. A lot of people were coming back dealing with that situation. But I feel like the prison pipeline had already been put in place at that point. So let me ask that question before we talk to this question. At what point do you see that prison pipeline? Do you feel like in history that prison pipeline is most has come into prominence or starts to come into prominence? Where do you where do you observe it most based on what you know? Um I think it started all the way back from slavery, man. I think we had this stuff well put into place. <laughs> way beforehand that's why a lot of our people just not going for it and just always say like slavery is not finished it's still ongoing to this day because like you said they, they find different ways to put it in different forms of fashion and make it look like uh something you you kind of want to get into yeah. something you're being forced into um and back in that generation i feel like uh they really got a headlock on the game with that stuff. Cause like you said, it was a war starting to end and things of that nature. So I think that's what, where a lot of, uh, that's where the whole, what, what is it? The whole, uh, baby boomer. Yeah. That's where, um, the whole crack era was introduced. Mm, yeah. The whole crack era. So, of course, people with you know PTSD and things of that nature coming out of war, they're going to turn to things like that, like drugs and stuff to help with the psychosis and the PTSD. Yeah, that we still barely understand today. So you really know they didn't understand it back then. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It was a whole different ball game then, and then, you know, we all got this conspiracy where the FBI was purposely bringing it, you know, into our communities and i think that's no longer a conspiracy at this point you know nah yeah <laughs> i feel like it's just known at the like it's just a known fact and they keep trying to we keep trying to address it or address it as conspiracy like no mm -hmm. this is just a known thing at this point you know it's being implemented into it's been written about it's been documented it's been written into scripts of movies and shows at this point. Yeah. Like, like that that happened. Like, we understand that that happened, you know? But I agree with you with the um, origin for that generation. A lot of it, I mean, a lot of the origin for this prison pipeline when it goes back to, you know, the, um, this, the, the, the slavery times of America and how a lot of, the systems that were created in that in that time still exist today, because people I think people have an understanding of slavery being a time where it was just like a bunch of illiterate black people running around working mm -hmm. cotton fields and picking cotton and just getting whipped and raped and that's what they think slavery was. But slavery, I think, as I come to understand it more, learn about it more because this is not what's taught to us in our public school system. And it's for a reason why this stuff isn't taught, but I feel like 
slavery was much more intricate of a system than people give credit to. Like there were levels to slavery. Like you were, like I know we had the different. I think the most different. I think the most um, knowledge that people have of the levels of the slave system is house nigger or field nigger. That's how. That's the levels we know. Right, right. But the system, <laughs> I feel like the system. As I start to learn about, it, I learned was much deeper than that. You had the field nigger. You had the house nigger. And then within those two categories, you had a variety of ranks that existed based on your skill sets and what you could do. The more skilled you were, the more uh, things that you were given based on your skill set, based on certain mm -hmm. things that you can do, the more people you were put in charge of, you know? And it's like, even today, when it comes to those same kind of skill sets, like the Black people who are skilled with politics or speaking properly and doing that, they're the ones who are put in front of the Black communities Exactly, and and told and given the message and told what to be what to say to those communities and what to feed them because they know the black people in the community are going to follow somebody that looks like them. So it's the same thing that happened in slavery days. They would get someone that was, you know, respected in the black in the, in the fields or in the house, and they'll get them to lead everybody, you know. But that leader was still underneath the control of the slave master at the end of the day. So like it's all still being controlled by the master. Industry plant. That's the perfect. Word for <laughs> what is it an indiscreet plant? Yeah, you ever heard of that? Yeah, I mean, I, I never heard of it, but that that just the, the words together make sense to me. Like that's that's exactly what that is. Mm -hmm. The indiscreet plant. That's a lot of people um, believe that we have like within um, all the communities that we look at as far as influences, like. Mm -hmm. Um, they believe a lot of uh, rappers are just puppets with strings that are uh, industry plants. They're they're planted in the industry to, yeah. you know, deter us from a lot of things and just mm -hmm. show us the wrong influences because they yeah. know we that's what we look at for influence, you know, or role models in general. Yep. And and if you really start, if you really sit back and just observe, and you say. Who's responsible for these people even becoming influential in the first place? Who's promoting them like that? Who's pushing them out like that? And you start to see that who controls the media channel? Who could, and it's, it becomes obvious when you really sit back and think, but you really just have to take a moment and sit back and think, which is something that a lot of people really don't do. They're, they're taught to believe in absolutism and, and, and what is said is must be, you know, this, this is what they said, this must be what it is, you know, like not nothing to question. Nothing to sit back and think on. It's more so that it's just told to us, and this is how it was told to us. So this is how it must be. And I think that's a very dangerous way to live, because that means you're really uh, um, absorbing anything anybody will tell you. Well, anybody that you feel is in power is going to tell you. You're just going to absorb it as complete, absolute truth. But. Um, yeah, I agree. Like like we said, that was just to go back to the origin, and that that leads that prison pipeline back to to slavery as the origin of where that system, that intricate complex system that we're talking about, was was developed and formed, and and it began to be mastered. I think in that in that environment, and right. and I feel like once it got to a point where it was it became it became too much work i feel like to to keep a person at that kind of level of education and and usefulness because what started happening is i guess you know black people started to get more educated we got more skills we started acquiring skills doing certain things based on this intricate system that existed like we had to learn certain things we had to be taught certain things so that allowed us to have skills in carpentry and doing other kind of iron work and field work and whatever. So that now, by the time we became free, um, we we honestly we had the dominant population. Uh, we had the dominant. There's no sound. Appreciate you. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I get you. But they had. Um, I was on my live. But they had. Um, they pretty much had it in place. A setup that it was like. Once we were freed, yeah, we had all the skill sets in place to to control the labor force. So from my understanding, that's when the formation of unions came into place. And unions 
really what we look at today as uh, the protection of the worker against against the company or the business was what really was to protect the white laborer because they didn't have as much skills as the black laborers coming out of slavery. Like we knew how to do everything, you know. Exactly, and that's how it is in today's world. Like it's like had we been given that time, they took away from us. Like we would have, we would have had a a huge advantage, you know, globally in the world. Because, you know, you give us half of that time that they had, man, we, we would have ran circles around them guys with that, that time and that information and knowledge that they were given uh, back then. And I thought they, they're, they're aware of it, uh, obviously, because, you know, they, they use us to, to push out certain things or just knowing that we have that, that hustle and that drive and that ambition to do certain things and go out there and get certain things. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah. And what I see now is that um like I said, if you if you deviate from that training or that 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 way of teaching, you are now gonna be put in prison. You know, like that's how you end up in prison. Like you deviate from what we're teaching and how we're teaching it, then we're gonna create laws that when you deviate we have the right to lock you up. And now once you're locked up, you are now reverted back to uh, no rights having citizen or no rights having individual. You're actually not even an individual anymore. We're just going to give you a number, you know? And this is your prison number and that's how you're known from now on once you're locked up in here. So Some places just rather not even deal with laws, man. There's a lot of outlaw cities and things of that nature out here. Just for that reason, because, you know, it becomes too overwhelming when you're putting a, a law on everything that you do. And you look at it all from an illegal and illegal standpoint, it just becomes uh, a problem within itself when you create those laws for certain communities. Right. I think, I think essentially a lot of what was what developed by the Eurocentric culture was the fact of, like you said, of, um, of all those different kind of laws, you know, I honestly, I honestly, listen, I'm a, I'm a religious guy. So I like, you know, I believe in God. I believe in those kind as I was learned more about the systems that were put in place though, it's not, it's not like it deteriorates my belief, but it gives me a deeper understanding of what was being done with, um, with that word so it was like you know i feel like a lot of that in itself was also used to as a major structure of this prison pipeline that exists like they use they utilize religion in a lot of ways as well to create a certain frame of thinking and following and to make you behave in a certain way so i believe it was um it's like when you have a belief that you're always going to be saved, right? Say, I'm always, I have this belief that I'm always going to, I have a higher power that's always coming to save me and, and, and bring me out of whatever I'm in. That will then make you less likely to be an aggressor towards your oppressor because mm -hmm. I don't need to be an aggressor towards you. My God is coming to save me. You understand? Exactly. So now I could just pray and the more I pray, as long as I pray hard enough, I know that what's coming to you, you're going to deserve. You're going to get what's coming to you, which I'm like, that's a crazy way to think. <laughs> it <laughs> when is. You, it when is. you really sit back and you think about it, it's like, is that really, do you really think that you're creative? Is that how he wants you to think? Or he, him or her? Or, you know, is that how they want you to think? You know, I'm like, nah, I don't believe so. <laughs> how do you feel about that? That's the only con I've ever really had with you know, religion itself. Um, I'm I'm all for it. For every, despite of what I believe, I'm all for it. Um, I like the whole righteous way of thinking that it gives you, and just want to, you know, prosper in life. But it deters you from a lot of uh, self awareness. And it mm -hmm. feels like um, not giving yourself enough credit for things out here. Like you said, just waiting on that that prayer to be answered. It's not a, necessarily the best way of thinking. 
Right. You know, it, it does have its pros and cons, for sure. And I feel but, like, uh, like you said, those, yeah, that's that's just my main thing with it, those blessings people be waiting on to receive, you know. Now, I want to also say that I thought that the, um, that that mindset came early, early on pre, I mean, like, that was probably one of the, that's probably one of the initial, initial tools used to create the system that we're talking about right now. Because mm-hmm. I don't think we were, um, as a nation, that as, as we existed as a people, we weren't overcome with brute force. You know? Like, <laughs> that right. wouldn't the case that, that that would not have worked <laughs> so there was there had to be there was spiritual mental and emotional manipulation that came first that created certain mindsets that created these that started to create these systems that we we're talking about on how you have like with that i would say like they're black generals for the white folks like you know like you have your people that you'll put out in front like the al sharptons and all those kind of people like you'll send them out like yeah, you're, you're you're our general. We need you to get a particular message out or get people feeling a particular way. So this is your job to go do that, you know? And there are a lot of those generals that exist, like you said, from athletes to artists. And there's probably so many of them that we, we probably couldn't even fathom how many there are. The Just because they want to get paid. Yeah. You can't <laughs> distinguish it from the real people in, anymore, you know? All because they want to get paid or hold a certain status within society. And that's why. I, I'll go ahead, sir. No, no, go ahead. What are you going to say? I was just going to say, and that's why I dig deep into everyone I, uh, I observe as far as who I watch and who I listen to. Because mm. you have to nowadays, man. Like those, I tell people, like, if you're going to be listening to those people, like, dig into them as a person and do some research on those people. Because that's people. Who, you're using as influences and you know that stuff it rubs off on you you know as far as like watching interviews and things of that nature like i I like to tap into those people man because i'll be trying to distinguish you know the real from the fake you never know what the agenda is you gotta look like you said you gotta know where they are from who they partner with who they uh, do business with a lot of that stuff is very important because it lets you know someone, it could let you know someone's intentions, you know? Exactly. Like, like exactly. a politician, like he's saying all the right things, then you find out he's being funded by all these organizations that you're right. aligned <laughs> with. So then you're going to be like, hmm, do I really want to support this politician? Because when he gets in power, who is he going to listen to? Me or the people who put money in his pocket? Literally, <laughs> you know? So I think. Um, yeah, I think a lot of that is, is these are the core structure pieces of that pipeline we're talking about. It goes from politics to religion to education, uh, entertainment. Entertainment, yeah. Yeah, I think we identified the major structures right there, bro. I think those are those are the major, major structures that exist that help create this pipeline. And we got one to, to destroy that pipeline and keep our people are out of from being locked up and even change that system that exists that's locking our people up, you know? Exactly. Because we may change the behavior, but like we said, if they control the judicial, we change our behavior, they change the law, and we get end up right back in jail. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. And then and who's to say they won't just do that, you know? But when we do all get on one accord, they're going to find... And that's why I say we got to attack it from all angles, mainly from the judicial, because... We do get on that right path. They're gonna find some way to adjust those laws to make it a new norm. Right. Be like, okay, well now you can't do this. And now, okay, well now, now this is what we really need in society. We used to need that, but now we need these kind of people. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, the bar is always gonna be forever be moved to keep the people who are in power in power, bro. And I'm starting to see that. And I can't blame. You know, I'm not really necessarily even. I don't harbor anger. I don't harbor resentment towards people in power because they're doing whatever they feel they need to do to retain their power. And right. things they're doing, it has been working up until this point. And I feel like you can't be mad at someone for playing this 
game and the human race that we're in. Because, you know, when you put titles like that on something, you automatically start the competition now. Like, yeah. this is a human race. Like, words and language, I'm becoming more sensitive to words within language and how they're used and what they're supposed to mean. And things like the human race mean that just that. Like, we're in a competition. Like, once and once we get dominance and control, if we get as as Afrocentric or Africans and 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 Native Americans and natives to this land, if we get our culture back in power, we're going to do whatever we can to keep that culture in place, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's usually how it goes. So, I think that the main thing is we we do that in a way that is not being um, an oppressor. To, to people you know following like you said they came out with outlaws towns and outlaws cities or states and a lot of those places I feel like um, get closer to God because that's how I feel like God has God's laws like laws of the land nature's laws natural laws of life you know and I feel like we were taught a lot of those things in our culture and then we lost a lot of it in absorbing Eurocentric culture so we don't know a lot of those laws anymore. We're not familiar with those those natural uh, laws. Actually, I think actually I think we are because I feel like I don't think that religion today took out every single thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like they definitely hark on a lot of uh, teachings that were passed down from um, from the African right. cultures in which they got the information from. So I think a lot of good information can come from you reading the Bible. Can come from you reading the Quran. You could pull a lot of good rituals and, and, and teachings and practices out of those books, but they didn't give you everything, I feel like. That's my that's my internal true belief. Like they not, they not haven't given us everything. And I feel like even I'm like we just need a whole reset, you know, like just out of this this area. Like this isn't our our home to begin with, you know what I mean? <laughs> like if we just could come together as a community and just, um, like a lot of people just feel like, man, we just need to go back to Africa and start over, like, you know, to the motherlands. Cause, and it is very much enough uh, space to go over there for us. Like, oh, no, it's is, more than enough space. But you see, the yeah. thing I don't like about that concept and that idea, the only thing I reject mm-hmm. about that is that this that they are the invaders of this land as well like this is this is also our native land yeah yeah, it is like i'm not leaving my native land like (laughs) this is my land as well like you came over here as a colonizer and 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 invader and now you took over so it doesn't make it you you are a conqueror you're the temporary conquerors of this land but you aren't the native inhabitants of this land you know, right. like so, like a lot of the things that exist around here, like they cover up so much stuff that um, creates that deception in your mind that creates you to believe a certain way and behave a certain way. And then, like I said, those that's those behaviors are then put laws against, and now you end up in locked up, or you're going to end up being a laborer or a worker like we need you to be you know it's like you're either going to work for us to make us money and if not we're going to put you in jail and lock you up and then you're going to make money for us in there as well because we make our prisoners work like and they work for pennies on the dollar everything (laughs) and they work for pennies on the dollar if you're in prison you know what i'm saying and then we're going to charge you we're going to mark up the price of everything in prison even though we pay pennies on the dollar so even if you had a regular job in, in normal society, everything in prison would still be expensive to you. <laughs> That's true. It's like, what kind of, what kind of, what is this? <laughs> but I think that that's what all these mindsets and, and, and teachings perpetuate and push you into that lane. It's like, I'm not a deviant. I'm not, I'm not behaving outside of the law. You just created this law in a way that makes me a, um, makes me that kind of character more times than not or focuses on people that look like me and do these behaviors more than not. So that's how I felt. The, um, what was the only question I had, man? I wanted to say, uh, you know, we covered a lot of that, man. How about how the impact that you feel like, what do you need we need to focus on out of all of those structures that we said build up the prison pipeline? Mm-hmm. Which section do you need 
do you think we need to focus on the most in order to um, start having an immediate impact? Um, I think mainly the judicial, the whole court system. If we could just stop worrying about so much of what's not cool or what's the most attractive thing out here, and we could look at uh, our education and our laws a little more um, versus, you know, the whole entertainment. Because that's how I feel like our heaviest influence is at uh, in the entertainment system and things mm-hmm. of that nature, sports and, you know, stuff like that. If we could just deter from that and focus more so on, like, our laws and education, I feel like we'd be, a, we'd be all right for the most part. Like I said, our role models, man, you know, I listen to, like, Stacey um, Abrams and people of that nature, 19 Keys and them guys. They, yeah. It's not cool to them or it's not popping or trending. They want to be uh, – our people just – we're too in the moment, you know. Yeah. For the most part. Right. We we don't we don't look at the bigger picture or look at well what can be done to uh help the next generation that comes into place where they won't have to go through the same things. Right. So I feel like we're just stuck in that in the moment mindset. We're not forward thinking and that's why we always being left behind. Mm-hmm. At least the moment. Looking at staying within our community a little more stop investing so much into these businesses and mm. things that don't benefit us at all or don't even like us <laughs> yeah. right you know what I'm saying? don't even really even want to work with us yeah it is here to profit what they can from economically beneficial mm-hmm. that's it so, I say the laws and the education for the most part is what we definitely need to be uh, more focused on as a whole and a lot of people, um, it, it didn't, they, they got this whole cancel culture into place now to where I thought that, that puts a lot of fear on people too because those bigger names out there, mm-hmm. um, celebrities, they, they feel like they can't say anything because they get canceled and you know it starts to uh, mess with their pockets and things of that nature. And that's what they focus on. That's how the oppressor remains in dominant control. It's like, it's like your general in their army, like mm-hmm. you're a major influencer in our community. You make millions of dollars. People look up to you. Da, 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 da. But you can only do but so much and we'll allow you to do these other things. We'll allow you to, um, you know, um, do everything that is okay within our purviews, like anything grading, degrading towards your culture, anything non really uplifting, anything that is focused strictly on what you do as entertainment, whether it be sports or singing, you could do anything with this side. But once you start leaking outside and you start trying to get in political influence and stuff like that, like if you're not doing that in alignment with what we want you to be doing, then you're going to have a problem. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, then we're coming after you. Then we're going to cancel you. Then we're going to make sure that you're going to sound crazy, look crazy. Uh, nobody's going to want to believe what you say. We may even just lock you up. We'll just uh, bl- block you off of all media network <laughs> that we can. And that's what they'll do. Yeah, the whole cancel culture. Man. They didn't make that a big thing now. Yeah. That is a major thing. Well, I agree, man. That's a good area to attack the judicial. I think entertainment is a good area to attack. I feel like in 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 when you step back and look at it, you want to say education because education mm-hmm. impacts the youth, and the youth is the future. Yeah, that's where it starts. But exactly. the youth, I don't feel like the I feel like the youth is still. Mm-hmm. Out, especially in today's society, the youth, a lot of what they absorb or are willing to take in comes from the people that they're influenced by. Whether that be a YouTuber, whether that be an entertainer, whether that be it had but these people that are these influencers and and the people that are garnering that level of attention, we need to either make sure that we as a community let them know that we have big influence over there. Um, income as well 
mm-hmm. based on our level of support for them, based on what they're doing for us as a community or what they show they're doing for us, or we have to completely um, deter our from looking in that direction for any kind of influence. Like we have to start drawing clear lines between entertainment and and where you go for your education and, and information. You know, you don't go to your entertainers for your education and your information. And I think that's where we got a lot of it backwards. So we're going, a lot of people look to the entertainers for their opinions and, and knowledge and, and feedback on something and then they'll base their opinion off of that. And it's like, no, you should be listening to the educators within our societies, with, within the people who actually have a focus on doing this for their entire lives. <laughs> and right. what have to say about this, not someone who's playing basketball, <laughs> football, and what their opinion on the matter is. I think that's a big focus. That's where a big shift has to take place. And you can either do that by, like I said, letting the athletes that are counterproductive to what we're looking for as a culture by drawing back our support for them as a whole. Like we have to be, we have to move as a unit in those kind of ways, though. And all right. And I don't know if we we are. I don't know if we we are showing that we have the ability to move in unit ways like that. You know, like we're we're a community. We, we're communized enough together that when we say we're not going to support something to do something, we don't do it. Like I see it. Um, we could we could get that way when tragedy strikes. <laughs> when someone yeah. dies or someone we'll get that way for a good moment we'll all come together around a certain thing we'll all be yeah. poor we'll, you know so it's there it's possible you know it just has to be influenced and inspired by the right action the right person right. and I think that's where entertainers can come into play and some people will say well entertainers are just that entertainers you can't put that responsibility on them no yeah. oh and beyond oh. that is just they got the the platforms. The, yeah, I was gonna say the influence, like the <laughs> like somebody gotta do it, you know, because you ain't, ain't listening to us from the bottom. Right. The top. So yeah. you gotta start from the top and work your way to the bottom, you know. Yeah, and that's why I said I think entertainers, entertainment field, if we are able to educate our entertainers and have them permeate the message to the community through their influence and and not even, they don't even have to be the ones giving the message. They could just be the ones telling you, hey, listen to this person. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all mm-hmm. need to listen to this person. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you get LeBron right. saying you gotta listen to Dr. Claude Anderson, or you gotta listen to Dr. Boyce Watkins, or you got, mm-hmm. people gonna start looking at those, those names up. Who is this? What is he talking about? Who's this person? <laughs> and that's, you know, they'll start listening. They'll start listening to what they're saying, but you gotta, you gotta be willing to do that, you know, without having... Yeah. The kickback necessary, like there's no contract with this. No, yes, I know. There's no, there's no financial agreement to this. No, this is just you doing this because it's right. You know, that's it. Simply because of that. And I think that um, our influence is is pulled back because it can. It's a lot of it is not financially incentivized. It's like you just you will be doing this because it's good for the culture. A lot yeah, of people, man. they getting paid or compensated. Exactly. Or they don't want to do it from the heart. No, nobody passionate about about <laughs> oppressing. <laughs> but that whole mindset is an American type mindset, though. Like it is. What, is, what are you going to do for me? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like everybody got to. <laughs> like I'm not doing this just to do this for you. Like I need something in return for this. Like, mm-hmm. you got to be some type of mutual benefit for them. Man. They don't work like that, man. That's how you receive your most blessings from mm-hmm. passionately doing something uh, or genuinely doing it from the heart, you know, and not looking for anything in return. So like I said, a lot of those mindsets are very uh, it's a meritocracy. Americanized, yeah. Euro Eurocentric. That came like that's more Eurocentric because the land of America, like I said, is native to people that were here long before the Europeans came over, and they had their own kind of cultures and way of doing things, and that was completely ravaged and changed. And exactly. and and Eurocentric and being Eurocentric. And that's the that's the world that's the culture we live in now and exist in today. And that that mindset, um, that mindset placed on people who are not 
who don't naturally feel this way or naturally inclined to do these things or don't even benefit from these things being in place are now going to become the outlaws of society. And that'll be us in the black community. Like we're not naturally inclined to feel these ways or this is not our culture naturally. Like we got our own way of doing things, our own way of acting, our own way of behaving. And the way we behave and act, boom, boom. Nope, we're not accepting any of that. <laughs> we don't accept any of that. And what we do accept, we don't accept it because we own it and we're going to monetize it. Exactly, yeah. And the, the times nowadays, they don't make it no better as far as, you know, trying to do something genuinely from the heart. But I, I get it from a certain point because, you know, times is hard for people and they ain't only trying to do anything if it's not, you know, putting some money in their pocket. But like I said, that's how you receive your most blessings when you genuinely do it. And uh, I feel like a lot of times when we do get certain places with our, you know, our pressing or things of that nature, the moment something is done negatively, that's the most looked at um, action. You know, mm-hmm. you can you can oppress things all day long, but the moment the media come out with that that article of how something went down, you know, it just overwrites your whole. Um, everything you like you done up until oh, then. To me, the race. Okay, yeah, it's a race. Yeah, the negative but, is. And you gotta say, that. where does that culture come from? Who created that? And what was? And who mm-hmm. does it benefit most for that to be the case? You know. Right. So I look at it and I say, um, cancel culture started long ago. People think it's something new. The cancel culture started long ago. They've been trying to cancel people, get them um, based off of kind of influence, based off of certain scandals that happen in their life. You know who they? You know who was a big name I heard recently that I know they did cancel culture on? Uh, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Mm. All mm. he did. All the stuff he did. When they came out and said that man had, what, multiple wives or something like that, he was scandalous mm-hmm. or sleeping around, that was it. yourself everything around you you know because it's just not gonna work if you haven't been brought up a certain way to where you could identify and distinguish these things and i think that's that's the key bro it's it's just how you're like we said it's about how what you're influenced with when you're growing up how you're being educated it's all Mm going to influence how you act and behave and then society has certain things set up in place for you already that if you don't behave within these parameters, you're going to get locked up. Okay? Exactly. We will lock you up. And then 
Yeah, you could get locked up and get out, but no, believe this, your record will show that forever that we locked you up at one point. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the record will follow you. And we want to make sure that record follows you when you go for employment and all these other things that are important within our system. We're going to make sure when we put that stain on you, that scarlet letter, that it follows you wherever you go. And and when you try to make something of yourself now, it's going to be even harder. So now you're more likely to end up back in that system where we pay you pennies on the dollar for your labor. All right. And then we're going to privatize that system so that we make even more money on it. They just go, they won't stop. It won't stop, bro. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's <laughs> Everything like, revert back to the dollar. Yeah, it's just all about how much. Like we was talking about the other day, man. They they gonna start taxing these commodities out here. Like I won't be surprised if you got to pay a certain amount of money to have a clean air air um filter or something crazy Mm -hmm. like that. You start charging for air and water and things of that nature, man. It's crazy out here. That's what it's about to be. Thank you for entering the culture cave. And enjoying this Mindful Monday with us. I hope you go into your week full of health, wealth, prosperity, and growth. All right. See you all next week, Culture Shockers.